I'm DJ Barai. This is A9. And it's the Musical Movements Podcast. And today we're talking about how the music scene has changed over the past few years. So, yeah. Cool. So, I think I've come back. I've come from a little, little, little are we saying I'm coming from old school and you're coming from new school? I think so. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to, we'll do a little, like, we're doing a podcast. Let's, let's do a vote. Who looks younger out of us two? I think, I think I'm taking that one. I can't right. The bid's not there yet. Oh, is it? Not yet, but... <laughs> um, fair play, fair play. I'll let you win that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, coming up, like, growing up, what was your kind of music you listened to? Like, artists, stuff like that? To be honest, growing up, I actually um, like, always had music on in the background, like, at yeah. my dad's house, of course. But then I sort of actually sort of found my roots in music, actually started when I started going out when I was in end of high school, college, and hearing, like, all the DJs, I was like, oh, wait, I, I, I like that, I like that. I grew up with um, old school garage. Yeah. So, like, I ha- we had a really good era of listening to old school garage. Then it went, we went to listen to Funky House. I'm a massive hip hop fan. So, I grew up like with all '90s hip hop, R and B. So, I, I, in my opinion, that's the best music. You're gonna say something completely different. No, I agree. No, I feel but, like it's a very good scene, but I feel like it's changed dramatically for now. So, who? What's What's the best music out there now? Right now, like, you're looking at the top charts, like, right now, I feel like people like Central C have taken the wave. Mm-hmm. Um, you have people like Dave, you have Stormzy. Um, I'm thinking, like, even like, American artists, Canadian artists, like Drake, you have, like, uh, Ghana, like, all of these bigger, big artists around the world. They've kind of just taken over the scene. But, um, yeah, I feel like, obviously, back in the day, you had people like, what kind of eyes did you really back in the day you're looking at me back in the day like you're a lot more older than me so roughly do you know what there's there's so many there's so many like brilliant artists and we, we could be here for a long time naming them and there's so many different genres as well 100%. so with your with the new with the new style uh what's what what's 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 the what's the leading bangers out there is it drill music or what so it's very like okay so a lot of producers are making now everything more into drill yeah. Which personally, in my opinion, I feel like not really my type of vibe. Um, especially coming as a DJ, you look in a club and you look as like people dancing. If you go to a show or something, people don't really tend to dance to drill. Okay, cool. They tend to more, some people, if you're a fan of drill, you know your lyrics. You know like, okay, cool, it's a head pop song. You know those like head pop songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more that hip hop, R&B, people like, oh, you know the song word for word. You can put your hands up, you can vibe to it, you can dance to it. Like, that's, I feel like that's more where the scene needs to go to. But um, I feel like that's where it's going at the same time. You want to get back to the feel-good era? Yeah. Right? Yeah, a lot more is hitting that whole trap, hip-hop, uh, R&B side, which is good, which is a good side to be on. But um, a lot more artists are trying to make everything a lot bit more too drill in that way. But um, yeah, it's just one way that the scene is going. So with like music, so we all, we we can we can agree that music's changed. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Let's flip it over completely. How do you think equipment has changed wow. and to help you as a DJ? Okay, so obviously I've had my fair little bit on uh, turntables and stuff like that, so I've seen it all there. And now you're having controllers that are like you're having CDJs, everything done electric electronically. Yeah. So obviously that's the way I've come in, seeing everything done like controllers, CDJs, that's normalised for me. But then seeing how other DJs DJ on turntables and like scratching and all stuff, it's very different. So I feel like massive, massive change. 
but in a good way. I feel like it's really helped because hearing about stories from other DJs are having to carry their crates of like their records and then going to the shops and trying to go buy records and stuff like that is crazy. Because now you can click onto iTunes, go buy your tracks, buy your all tracks, the stuff yeah. in there, load it into Serato, and that's it, you're done. Yeah. Like you can go to an event the next day. But you can legit take your laptop in there. That's everything. Like that's your whole life. When but, going this is going back probably about ten years plus. When we first sort of went over to Serato and you had your SL boxes, that's the box that you connect your PC to, to your um, your mixer. It weren't stable. It used to it used to throw out, and there's been times like where you're out of booking, you used to kick out. You're like, oh, what do I do? You used to get on the mic, you'd have to sing and like, <laughs> chit chat with the clients, and like, like there'll be one person resetting everything. But now I I I embrace the the change. Of uh, new equipment, I think it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, obviously though, it's like it's a, one of those things where what's the next step? Like, we developed so much. What do you think they could do else to make it even better? The new controllers obviously just come out of the Rev Seven, I think it is. Yeah, and I'm still waiting to play on that. I, I've seen it and I want to play on it, but it's very much like they've mixed now the old school and the new school together. It looks crazy for me. It's it's having it's having the pitch at the top. I was yeah. like, yes, this is like exactly what crazy. I want. I was like, so if uh, DJ Shrey is listening, yeah, you can bring that on Sunday, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. have a little play with that, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I feel like everything's changed, like, especially just seeing how loads of people are carrying around their crates and stuff, it's just crazy. So now, going on to, like, DJ City, or, like, BPM Supreme, or, like, iTunes, it's just Get, so your much easier, so much easier. But then, do you, do you I always have, I have a mad, mad issue of trying to keep up with storage. Really, it's, you know, it's the, it's I'm gonna the, have to, the, I have to buy a new laptop at this point. Like, yeah. I'm getting every five minutes, like, no more storage, no more storage. I'm like, what do I do? Because of the, obviously the new computers, you can't just change the hard drive and that's it. It costs you bucks. Oh, it's so <laughs> expensive. I have to put it all into iCloud. But like, that's a big pain. But I think that, uh, as a DJ, I think this is something I've, I've struggled with. Is you look at your archive and the only thing with your archive is it grows and it grows and it grows. Mm. You think, all right, cool. And you're like, the day you don't put that crate into your into your music library, you know that's the crate you're going to need at that party. Mm. So you can't not have it. Yeah. I just feel like it's very, it's a bit mad. Yeah. But it's just... Mm. That's proper DJ talk. That. <laughs> <laughs> the pains of like, what we have to do, like storage. But how how do you feel when it comes to like keeping up with the music scene? Like getting your songs and stuff like that? Do you know what? Like, it's, it's about what I use as my tool is, I use Spotify quite a lot. So I sit on Spotify yeah. and then if I like a tune, put it in my folder, put it in my folder, put it in my folder. And I'm like, yeah, cool. This actually makes sense. Then I start going on to write a program, go go to iTunes, buy what I need to buy. Or go on. Do you tend to use uh, DJ City? Or... Yeah. So, so how do you feel about like having a DJ intro, but then also having an iTunes mix where it just straight goes into the song? So I don't mind because basically... Download, download it, and then basically you set your cue points where you want to use it. Yeah. So you make your own of it, um, and then yeah, it's it's quite cool. Yeah. I don't mind it. I just feel like some DJs. I know myself. I obviously I prefer having that DJ intro. Like, <clears throat> it just makes life so much easier for yourself. And I feel like, especially with certain crowds, especially if the crowd that you know that knows their music, having that one song or a few songs that it's that same intro. Like, I don't know if you song, know the song Tropical. Like SL, mm-hmm. it's that 
just the intro to it. It's just on loop. And people, the crowd goes crazy yeah, for that one song. Because yeah. it's just upcoming. It's like people my age I know. If I play that mix with like an old school track, people just go crazy. The amount of time it's been done. That's, that's the origins of hip hop or what you just said. Exactly. You're taking the intro and extending it. Mm. So like, it, it's a cool thing. So that's why the extended intros really, really make sense. Because you can actually change it, manipulate it, bring something else into that song, make it completely different. And then pull it out, bang, your track's in. Yeah. And it's just like your crowd is just going to be like, what the hell just, just happened? But I like it. Yeah, they, a lot of people, they see what they, I feel like a lot of people um, don't really see what the DJs do. Yeah. But there's a lot more that we do behind the scenes. But they hear it and they're like, what the hell just happened? But they like it. So they like it, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. so it's a bit crazy. I, the best thing I always liked about um, with you, with like new school and old school music is when you put it together. Oh. When you have when you have a vast crowd in front of you and you've got youngers, your olders, and then you've got the aunties in the background like, on a reception. Like, you're going to have everything. If you can get them all to bounce at the same time, best thing. And the only way you can do that, in my opinion, is you play all the tracks to all the people. How do you feel about that, though, having like, such a diverse crowd at once? I love it. But do you feel like it's a lot harder? Because I know some people, put it into perspective, you've seen such a young DJ like me, but coming into an event and then being like, oh, okay, cool, he's just going to play like newer music to get me. I get judged a lot on that people being like, oh, all he wants to do is play new school music. So when people see me playing old school, they're like, what? They get confused. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like obviously it's a bit hard for me to keep up with a lot more old school because other DJs that are playing the old school have grown up with it. Whereas me, I have to learn You're the whole learning. scene. Yeah, but so then you look at look at some of the, like, the older DJs. It's a really looking like, I need to learn this music. It's, it's, a, it's a reverse situation. Yeah. However, I feel like having that old school back already makes it so much easier because right now people are still learning the new school scene so you're learning with everyone you're else. learning at the same pace it's yeah. up to you whether what, how but you want to for me it's the other way whereas i have to rush to learn because otherwise i have to learn the new school scene as well as the old school scene so i, ne- I never thought of it like that so it's a bit harder i feel but um when people see it's just a i get judged a lot on like how people like, view me as a dj so it's a bit crazy what what do you what do you like the best of when you're when you're performing? Do you if you got like a, a young crowd in front of you mm. and they want let's say they want like chart music for example, mm. and you know that yeah it's gonna work, but if I pull something out the out of, out of the back, like I'm gonna pull uh, a Skepta track, yeah. you know that that's something they haven't requested for, but you know it's gonna work, and you pull it off and it works. How does that make you feel? Oh, obviously amazing. Because that shows you as a DJ being able to say, okay, that's using your own, like, your reading, like, your crowd reading skills, you get me? Like, just being like, oh, okay, cool. I've done an event before and similar crowd, they like the similar music, but someone at the old event requested this and it worked. Yeah. Why not tease it? Like, even, let's say that one song from Skepta, that's not me. Or yeah. even the intro, you tease the intro and people are like, Oh, I know the next track. Yeah, I know it, the it next build, track. It builds up hype. Really, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if you know the song J Hus. Did you see? Yeah. So that dun 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 dun. Like, I always tease that if it's a younger crowd, but I don't know if they're really messing with it. But the minute they hear that, they're like, "Oh my god, the next song!" Like, yeah. I feel like as a DJ, you have to test the crowd a lot, and especially when it's coming to the background music at the beginning. Like a lot of DJs for weddings and stuff like that. Of course, you play like the more like the instrumentalists and all of that but I feel like if it's just for a regular party I really like to tease the crowd a lot because I like to show that cool tonight 
I'm playing what they want, but at the same time, I'm going to show you what else I can do. Perfect. So, I think that's the best thing because, like, whenever I say, for example, when I'm doing a reception party, mm. I I really, really say no to instrumentals um, and like boring background music. Oh. I hate it. I can't do it. So, I always chit chat with the clients, and they said, Yeah, you're right. We don't, we, we want you to actually perform. Mm. So, I always look at the crowd and say, Right, what do you guys want? Look at them. And I will say, Most of the time, if you can read a crowd and say, all right, they're going to want a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Try it at the back when you're doing background mm. music. Try, put a couple of tracks in because you're going to get one table that's going to go, yo, mm, that's, I know this that's my jam, yeah. that's my tune. Yeah. No, but and I, then, I tend to do that a lot, especially when it comes to like, some, like bigger events that people are sitting down, eating and then there's like food coming out. Yeah, I tend to go, okay, cool. Let me play a bait song, but a stripped version. So it's not like, just a straight banger. Yeah. But people know the words and they'll turn around and look at you and be like, cool, you know that's a banger, so you can play that later. Yeah. But that actual version, people will go crazy for it. So it's very, very much about testing the crowds and see if they're happy with it. And then uh, we were we was chatting before. Remember we were talking about how some of the artists now are playing tracks that are only a couple of years old and they're reloading it already. Yeah. It's, what's, your, what's your view on it? My personal opinion, like I know quite a few artists, same age as me, like 17, 18, like doing their thing they're making tracks from their what's it not making tracks they're how do i put it remixing like they're yeah, sampling a yeah. track from 2015 2016 2017 like all those straight bangers that those throwbacks that you don't really think of anymore yeah, but, but they're at the same time they're there and when you do hear them you're like oh my god what a throwback and they're resampling them and they're making them into more drill more um r&b hip-hop yeah, cool. The song bags. The song is amazing. Like it's catchy. You're gonna make money off it. But I feel like there's some songs that you just don't need to touch, and it just ruins it. And I feel like some artists now have taken a lot more out of it and just being a bit picking a bit of a joke out of it. So, yeah, but it's, it's like how many times have we heard remixes, not re- uh, reload tracks of uh, Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac? Yeah, exactly. That beat has been rinsed so many times now. You think, all right, cool. It, it, do you reckon it falls away from the like the, the classic tune. Of course, well. it takes away it takes away that special like part of the actual song because someone's gonna hear the remix version and be like, oh yeah, cool, and then they're gonna hear the re- same song and be like, I swear this song sounds all familiar. Why am I just hearing it again? So it takes away when you hear a song that like, you haven't heard in such a long time. People are like, oh, wow, what a throwback this is. But now it's just like, oh, why does this sound so familiar? Like, what's nothing special? I had one. I was actually I was um, DJing at one of, one of the bars I was. And um, I was playing an old school track. I wouldn't have a clue what it was. Mm. And um, customer goes up to me. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know about the old school. I was like, oh, cool. He's got play the original. And I was like, this is the original. He was talking about 50 Cent done a, um, a cover of it. And I was like, what? I didn't even know about this song. <laughs> like, I had it on my laptop. And I was like, huh? I was so confused. And I was like, yeah, but this is the original. He's like, yeah, but play that. That's the real. And I was like. This song was like made in like ninety one. Yeah, you're like saying that. I was like, but that's I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> that's so funny. Like, if you didn't know, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that Fifty Cent done done that cover. Yeah, and it was just like he was adamant that that, that was the original. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> now I feel a lot more people in the, using the garage scene as well. Like you see AJ Tracy. Yeah, one of the people that use garage a lot. I know. Do you know who Digger D is? 
So them two, I know directly have taken the garage scene, resampled it. Yeah. Um, like AJ Tracy used flowers. I'm pretty sure. I think it was. I'm not too. I can't really remember. But he used the flower song, and mm. just smashed it. Like he's taken it into a wave. He's bought the new school and the old school, put it together, and he's just taken both crowds. I feel like I'm wonders with it. Mm. Yeah, because garage was always um, it was a feel good era. Of course. So it's just like it was just happy. <laughs> Put two fingers in the air, and that's it. You're giant. You know that, that was what garage was. So I think that I think to be honest, when the when new artists do that, I think yeah, it's good because it shows the young, like the younger generation coming through, they're gonna enjoy it, and they're like, yeah. And then when you, when they hear the original track, they're like, oh wow, that's cool as well. So, so I feel like you a lot more of the new school artists are taking the old school samples to show to show like kind of the new school people like okay, cool, we can bring it back and change the scene through that but um yeah i feel like some artists not really for them in my opinion yeah yeah uh what's your favorite genre oh, probably. wait <laughs> so god um yeah no probably like my favorite genre right now probably like that more i've been really getting into that house scene you know like that house garage and obviously i really do like the hip-hop r&b the new school side but i don't know why I just really started really getting into that old school house and garage. Yeah. That's weird because at the moment, on, what I've got on, play, uh, on, on repeat at my house, I've got like soft, mellow house music. Mm. I've never actually been a fan of it. It was like, like bar grooves, just chilling. Mm. Like, just like, when you've got a good sound system, you're just like, yeah, yeah I like yeah. it. I like that it. Deep house, like, yeah, just vibes. But yeah, this, but also, also, was really been getting into that more melodic stuff. Like, I really started liking that more melodic, like uh, R&B and hip hop. It's just the way you're able to connect to the lyrics. It's more real rap and stuff like that. So you're able to connect to the lyrics a lot more. But yeah, not many artists are making that at the moment. So hopefully a few more artists can hop on that. I'll tell you what, what I like. There's a, I can't remember the artist's name. And he does a lot of, co- a lot of covers, like R- R&B tracks. Mm. I think it's brilliant. He, does, like, he plays like his own melodies and stuff like that on a, like an old track. And it's wicked. That's good. Um, what do you feel? How do you feel about like people making covers of tracks? Like, I think it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, because I feel like some that's get a lot of like mixed opinions on that because people are like, oh, you're ruining the actual song and stuff like that. But so, say for example, uh, as a as a DJ, um, we always get requests. Like for example, um, a lot of people request they love garage, they love mm. garage, and they're like, but well, I don't think our crowd is going to like it. And then there's like garage background tunes you can play. Um, same with covers, like you can have like a whole bunch of bangers, yeah, and you'll find artists that have got covers for them, and you can play them in your background set. So you're getting all the tunes that like you, you can't play in your main set mm. on, and they're like people are going to look and go, I know this tune, but it doesn't sound like that tune, and they all just they, they do that funny look at you like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know you know your tunes, so it's like that. I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I feel. Covers of certain songs like those old school house and garage. I feel like it really does work when you're when you're not too sure what the crowd wants, especially when you're trying to test them at like weddings and stuff like that. Because you're like, what am I meant to be playing here tonight? Especially when the bride and groom are like, oh, I don't really know what my crowd will like, but it's very much nice to have those stripped covers and see what they want. Yeah, because then you can sort of understand what where where they want to go for for when you actually do your main set. You know which avenue to take because. There's so many different ways you can go with it. So, what about then? Do you play? Do you play any Asian music as well? Oh yeah, I do. So I do a lot of Bollywood. Um, started getting a lot more into Bangra. Yeah. Um, tend not to do 
as much as I want to, but mainly a lot of my crowd is more Bollywood um, stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I love my Asian music. Like, but tell me like two, three years ago, oh, you'll be playing Asian music as a DJ. I'd be telling you, no, I will not. No, yeah. I will not. Like, I would never be doing that. But now I'm like on my playlist every day. You know, I'm listening to it just for fun. I'm like, oh, and then you add in, add in all I'm your like, breaks where you want. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. I'm like. Wait, you know what? Let me go to the AP Dylan concert next week. Like, I'm doing my thing. Like, I'm just loving all the music. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just Asian music is at first for me it was like a hell. No, like you're not seeing me do that. And I got like, I wouldn't be here without Asian music. You get me? Do you see like when you're at like a reception party mm. and how we feel starting or if you're starting off the bride and groom had their first dance and you're gonna start the party? Do you see how like Bollywood just completely bangs and Oh yeah, just, of course. It just brings everyone together, and it gets even if they they said we hate Bollywood or we hate Bangra or whichever. How do want. you feel about a, like a bride and groom saying that like, you're not allowed to play a certain genre that you're very oh, like? Always say, oh, always say to them, look. I tell you what, let you're you're entrusting me on on your big day, so if you don't like it, as in you don't like a certain song, I won't play that song. Yeah, but I said, give me free reins to do. I think's right on the day. You might say, all I want is Bangra. And I'll say, all right, cool. That's all you want. You look at the crowd and no one wants it. Mm. So you're going to be like, okay, it's not going to work. So I always, always chit-chat with the clients and say, look, let me understand what you guys want. And let me do what I do best at the event. So the recipe for success, in my opinion, is with predominantly a lot of the parties we do are Gujarati. I was like, you're going to always start with Bollywood. Yeah. But where I sort of tend to try to be a bit different is my roots, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy R&B and hip-hop. So whilst I'm, playing, whilst I'm playing my Bollywood set, there's a lot of R&B <laughs> and hip-hop. Like, you'll, you'll hear Biggie in my, in, in my Bollywood <laughs> set. It's like, it, it's something that I've, I've done from day one. Yeah. Um, the guy that taught me was saying, look, you be different. Don't be scared to be different. I feel like that's a very big thing, like, especially when... You're not too sure on a crowd. Like, obviously, me being a young DJ, I'm still building my collection. Mm. I'm still trying to figure out which songs like, will get the crowd going, especially because I don't understand any of the Bollywood songs. Like, I don't speak none of it. So, like, I'm just like, I don't... The thing is, you don't need to, underst- you don't need to understand the vocals of a tune to understand it's, it's of course, a good song. Of course, but at the same time, like, that's like saying, imagine someone else like hearing English music and they don't speak English. They're not going to know what bags or not. Do you get me? It's very much like very different. So it's like I have to very much experiment and see people's opinions. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I will play an Indian song. Then I'll also throw a bit of hip hop or R&B in there. And I'll be like, okay, cool. That works. You can make it work. Yeah. I can make it work. But the next song I bring in, like I'll tease it and be like, okay, cool. That's not really getting the reaction I want. Like, let's tease it a little bit more. And if it does, it does. If it doesn't, then next song comes in. Like That's it's it. very 50-50. But obviously, I'm building my collection at the moment, so great. It's good for me. So, do you find like when you're do when you're when you're out booking and you're say, you're playing uh, a tune, you're not you're a bit unsure. Um, we all we all go through that. We're of unsure. Course, of like, course. It, you know what I mean? There's no there's no textbook to what we do. Um, you're playing a tune. You're not too sure. Do you, do you have a tendency of saying, all right, I need to get that tune off quick and get the new song in, or do you make sure I need to get it mixed? What, what's more important for you? Ooh, that's a good question. It's, it's, very it's a much, hard one, isn't it? It's very much, see, 
if I'm playing a song that I'm not too sure about and I'm just like, cool, I know the song works, but at the same time, does it, is it going to work for the crowd? If it, is it going to be good enough for the crowd? Um, and put it this way, if the song is one that no one really knows, I'll be thinking in my head, okay, quickly, let me get this song off, like, quick, quick, quick. But I'll know, like, fully let the song play out because it's one of those where we're DJs, we have to show the people new music. We have to show the people like what we do. And yeah. everyone at a wedding is going to be drinking. They're not really too fussed more on what exactly they're listening to. It's more, is the beat good? Can they vibe to it? So I always, I always find it's a bit different because I always look at the, the crowd. If you do something like that, you're going to get people that sit on the fence, people that know the songs, people that don't know the songs. And you get, sometimes you get people that say, no, I only want my genre of music. Mm. So... You might have someone, you're playing a tune and you've got the whole dance floor that are raving, going mad. You look at this one song, one guy saying, no, I want this song now. Mm-hmm. Always say, take it with a pinch of salt and say that, get the tune and say that, I'll get the song on, but I need to make it work. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the key. You always like, say to people is, let's make it work. How, how do you feel about requests though? Like certain people giving you requests that's not really fitting the genre at the so, moment. Like So that... Or you look at your party and say, yeah, cool. Always take the request, yeah? Note it down. And look, if, if, in, if that person's request that song is for a reason, if it's like completely stupid, you're going to say, all right, do you know what? Always show the customer respect and say, yeah, cool. I'll try my best. And do try your best, yeah? But you've got to look at it and say, well, there's 300 people here and one person wants this one song. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to upset that one person. But then you got to look at it. If they say, look, I want this tune. And if you can say, all right, do you know what? I can, get, I can get that type of music in. Yeah, let me get it in. Even if you tease it in, yeah, don't just tease that first little break. Let it play just that little bit because you've got a sharp ear. They might not have as sharp as ears. you. And if they hear it and then you'll see the reaction, you'll be like, whoa, I've just learned something new. I can play a few of their, that particular artist track. And you'll see that little table go absolutely mental. It might be in background, and you'd be like, oh, wow. And that, just, that brings you to when you actually do your, the actual party side of the reception, mm. they're already your best mates. They love you to bits. <laughs> and they're like, they're just going up to you, like, you play one, one song. And I'm like, yeah, cool, no problem. They're always happy with you. I've seen that before, though. A lot of people, like, be hella, hella drunk and come up to you, like, oh, can I request this one song? And you're like, mm. like, come on now. <laughs> come on now, you're stretching, like, you're stretching it out here. But then you you play it and it gets the best reaction. Yes. And you're like, okay, okay, maybe this guy is not too drunk after all. Yeah. But um, no, like, I feel like some people they have a lot more connection with their the bride and groom, so it's just very much like, cool. They know some songs that you wouldn't expect them to know. Um, but yeah. Normally, I always find like the bride and groom always kind of chilling because they're they're so busy on the day. All they want to do is have a good party. They, they need to do their meet and greets or whichever they need to do and all their formalities but they just want to have a good party so you know, as long as you keep customers like keep all their clients and customers happy yeah. customers, their Cust- guests, guests. Their guests <laughs> keep, their, keep their guests happy yeah the minute you get to say all right look if it takes a couple of minutes out to play a couple of tunes here and there in the time scale you've got to play music a couple of minutes ain't gonna hurt anyone but then always says if you lost them a couple of minutes playing songs that didn't really do anything Make them up when you're on the dance floor. Push harder, push harder. Like, I always suggest when, 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 you, when we get to an event, work hard. Don't put no, 
I, I will never put background music on and walk away from my deck. I'm there and I'm going to push for it. From the, the second I get to the venue to when we finish, we, that's what we do at musical. Yeah? Yeah, push, push hard. And tell you what, uh, we make sure everyone has a good time. I think that's that's the key of what we do. And like, it doesn't matter if we're like, we're generations apart in music, but we we got the same common ground that we're going to smack the party either way. Whether it be old music, new music, or mix them up together, that's what we're gonna do. So I think, like, I think we, I, I think I'm gonna contradict everything we just said. <laughs> like, music either way, it's all, it all works. So. Of course, of course. But as a DJ, like, seeing the scene change from like when you were starting, how do you feel like setting up and everything at a wedding and stuff has all changed? To to be honest, it's the setup process uh, from when I first started to now. I don't, I don't think it's changed a lot. Do you think That's, it's easier a little bit or like it's just completely the same? Because obviously you're setting up now controllers compared to how you were setting up records and stuff like that. Well, I still, I still, pull, I still pull out my turntables. Yeah. I'm, all right, I might be a DVS user, but I still pull my turntables out. It's, it's still a similar amount of work. You're just not bringing crates. Mm. Exclude that. The setup-wise, we're still pulling in the same stuff. The only thing that changes now is let's say 10 years ago you used to have like uh we used to use a lot of projectors thank god projectors have sort of disappeared now but <laughs> like we used to use projectors you got the led lights now, now everyone uses led walls but then led walls come up with their own there's oh, issues course, with that like with all the glare on your screen and you're like ah and but then Sarah's looked at it and said all right do you know what they've done a like a light mode on, yeah. on the screen now so the led wall doesn't give you an issue no more but the change process uh, to be honest i still love the minute i'll wake up i'm like i'm itching i'm, go, I'm going to my booking I'm, i always associate booking is going to a wedding i'm going to a party people are going to have a good time i'm going to have a good time so if that means i'm waking up early to go and get my equipment get my rig get my cables it, it's something that i enjoy of course it doesn't matter I'm, I'm djing or i'm not djing i'm getting my equipment out get to set it all up and i'm i'm, I'm actually quite happy you prefer, you prefer setting up like, I need to be doing the main set. Yeah, <laughs> I need yeah, to be doing the main you're set. You're making it sound like you prefer set. No, no, you got you got to enjoy what you're doing. I, I of enjoy, course, of course. I enjoy all aspects of it. But like if you don't have the passion for it, then you can't show everyone the good night that they want. You I, get me? I think the the once like you sort of meet your clients a few times. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah, you you meet your clients like once, twice, maybe three times before their event. You've built up a really good relationship. So. The setup process actually becomes you're like yeah I'm I'm setting this up for them no, yeah it it's feels not, more it's it feels not, more personal yeah you're, it's like, you're like no everything has to be 100 mm. percent I can't see any cables you want to do the best most, job you yeah. can because you've already got a good relationship with your client um, that that's the bare bone like start of where we started doing our bits we have to set up before we can play now re fast forward we still got to set up before we play see I I enjoy setting up I enjoy packing down just. You know, and enjoy everything in between. Okay, cool, guys. We're going to wrap up there for today. Hope you guys all enjoyed. I'm DJ Brian. This is... Hey, nine boys. Make sure you guys go check out our podcast on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon, and anywhere else. And we have a new one coming out every Sunday. So make sure you guys go check that out. Thank you. Peace.